So I ended up uh, hacking Watch Dogs 2. I was uh, trying to um, trying to make it so where I've been playing this thing off and on <coughs> for it's been about four months now, three months actually, and. Um, one thing that's not used a lot is money, and uh, the only things that <coughs> that you use money for within it is to get additional vehicles, um, to buy clothes, and uh, really, that's about the limitation of it. It's oddly limited, you know, not like the real world where I can go out and I can buy cars, houses, um, women if I want to. Um, you name it, there's, there's really nothing I can't pay, you know, for when it comes down to having money and everything. So I can get new TVs, new um, new places, um, new pff, motorcycles, uh, yachts, planes, you name it. There's not a whole lot of limitations or everything to it. So that's the difference between the real world, you know, versus playing in a simulated world. The simulated world... <clears throat> clearly has constraints, you know, built into the thing and everything. And those constraints, while not easily recognizable, um, if you're probably living in, inside of it, and they become pretty obvious and everything. You know, once you've actually uh, looked at life from a disassociated perspective and everything within it. Anyways, um, getting off into my metaphysical con conversation, that tangent and everything that uh, I'm trying to avoid right now. Um... Now, I was just basically trying to uh, play around with the uh, with memory, and uh, memory for me, I've really never memory hacked uh, anything. What I typically do is uh, mess with the executable that's actually residing on a disk, and when it loads up, um, at that point, that's when I'll, uh, I'll modify and make changes to it and restart it and stop it and all this other fun funky stuff and everything, you know, to, uh, once I actually load it up and into memory and everything. And then the same thing holds true for some of the viruses and everything I've written and played with in the past. It requires execution, you know, and um, part of the uh, the thought process and the philosophy is I've been trying to uh, trying to think through the process of something called a memory injection. Um, in Grand Theft Auto, uh, I've got the capability to be able to make modifications to the program, and it's done through something called a memory injection. <clears throat> now what that means is when the program's loaded up, there's a DLL that's loaded up into memory that's actually a part of the process space uh, within the executable for Grand Theft Auto. And at that point it'll actually run as a separate thread within the process space of that uh, application itself. So what that means is I can actually put uh, GUI-based elements, you know, Willow Windows. Um, I can draw into the screen and everything from a three-dimensional perspective, leveraging it. And I can. There's a number of other things I can do, you know, once I've actually injected something into the uh, into the executable process space. But what this requires is, um, at least how I've worked with it in the past, is the specific chaining of a DLL. Um, once, once as the program loads up, it's never, ever dynamic. That's how I've used it in the past. So yesterday I ended up playing with something called uh, memory injection um, for a dynamically loaded pro process. And my goal was uh, 
to learn the, me the mechanisms of memory injection and not only that, um, make alterations on a real-time basis to memory that actually have certain variables and everything and, uh, and you know, the, just more or less make changes and see if I can actually get those changes to not crash the program or something like that. <laughs> Now, the goal was simple. Um, like I said, I don't need money um, within the game, and I had nearly a million dollars within it as it was, and uh, I just didn't have anything to spend it on. Quite literally didn't have anything to spend it on. You know, I can, um, there was a couple cars I could have gotten, but, you know, I already had literally, you know, 50-some-odd 50, 50 cars available to me anyways. Um, clothes, you know, the moment that I went into a brand new clothes store, I ended up buying up everything I possibly could in the place. You know, so everything I was doing, you know, within this, um, because I play all the side missions and because um, I've done the in-game equivalent of Uber, um, I've accumulated quite a bit of funds and uh, literally don't have anything to spend it on. So, you know, now I'm just uh, going through the motions of going through the missions and I ended up uh, getting some hacked versions of DLC, downloadable content and everything for it. <coughs> and um, I was just pleasantly amused by one that was actually in a BDSM place that looks a lot like a place called Public Disgrace. Loved it. Fucking loved it. It was honestly um, Hands down, some of the best um, adult-oriented content I've ever seen in a video game that actually retained its tasteful quality and depicted the making of um, adult films on a BDSM lot um, or BDSM building and everything. It was really, really, really cool. They did such a great job with that DLC. So whoever, if you do happen to hear this, whoever you are that did the DLC, if this is Ubisoft or if this is somebody else that actually uh, pulled this uh, DLC and put it together, um, kudos to you, you know, for the housetop, the rooftop party, um, the whole sequence of having to go and jump through the cameras, the automated cameras and everything. Um, I had one problem with it in the initial robot uh, from a, a first-person perspective, uh, the mapping for it, or when you're actually in the robot, um, the mapping images... Um, the mapped uh, textures for the uh, the robot itself disappear. That's why I'm suspecting this wasn't a uh, end quote unquote uh, authorized DLC. If it, it doesn't matter if it was or wasn't, <coughs> I'm I'm referring to it as such, and I think it's beautiful, just well done. So when I say the robot, the initial robot, um, from an exterior perspective, a third person perspective, looking at the robot, um, the robot uh, you can actually see it, but uh, once you're actually in it. Um, any other perspective. So you hit Z a couple times and uh, normally you're seeing a first person and then a detached uh, first person, aka third person, um, but it's still from the first person. Um, it's still from the, the object's uh, frame of reference and everything. Each one of those that didn't make a difference um, did not display the robot's texture, which normally, if you were actually in a car <coughs> and you shifted to the alternative perspectives or if you're actually running around as a... Um, as an avatar, um, well, you can't do it in watchdogs, but uh, you can in in the various vehicles and everything, and also the uh, um, the drones, and also the uh, yeah, the both the quadcopter and the uh, the lunar lander, whatever the the two wheeled thing is. But um, in this case here, it just uh, you actually the first person. Uh, first person. I mean, all of the perspectives work, um, but you just didn't see the textures of the robot itself for some reason from 
the robot's perspective and everything. So I found that kind of bizarre, but uh, it is what it is. Um, I can't bitch about anything else because it's really well done content and everything. I, I cracked up and everything for it. Um, but one thing I was kind of amused at with the content was uh, that um, it ended up, you know, basically he's, you know, kind of trying to claim um, this retard, this really weird concept and notion that these actors are getting paid to do something or are not enjoying what they're doing, and that the uh, the owner of this place is actually um, abusing these people and everything, well, that's one perspective, but have you ever thought that these people actually enjoy what they're doing and this is an outlet for it? I mean, seriously, you know, I mean, <laughs> there's a couple of websites like this on the internet and everything, and you know, I've seen some people that uh, look at it that regard it as a job, but some some of these women and the men, you know, both both of them, genuinely get into it. You know, so quit judging these people seriously. Um, that's the only complaint and gripe I have about it, besides the uh, the computer thing, is it, it's wonderfully well done. Um, the sets, the um, the whole party up top. Um, Everything is wonderfully well done, with these two two exceptions. Number one is that texture. Number two is the portrayal of the guy being a villain um, in such a harsh harsh light. So I personally don't think think the guy's a villain. I think the guy's um, an entrepreneur. You know, he's taking advantage of uh, a market and he's providing a, pro a product and you know to the market. And this this market clearly wants that. So it's a win-win-win all the way around when it comes down to you know those that are receiving what what it is that he wants to wants to buy or wants to sell. You know, they're creating the uh, the avenue for it. You know the. Um, if you want to look at it from a supply chain perspective, you've got the, you know, the source and the destination. Um, you know, so there's there's the supply. You know, there's the demand. There's the demand. You know, that's being that's just clearly out there. There's a supplier. You know, which is clearly this entrepreneur. And there's the supply, which is these people that, uh, generally speaking, as individuals, they wouldn't have a single point that they can actually distribute their own stuff through and and let's keep this in mind nobody to work with you know here's the whole thing that's you know that a lot of us you know particularly myself I definitely did enjoy working with a lot of programmers before, but what I didn't enjoy was doing some of the things that uh, that actually made work feel like work. You know, and in a place like this, man, you got some people that are actually into BDSM and sex. You know, this is a wonderful outlet for them. So, you know, why dead sec? And uh, personally, if I, you know, believe that dead sec was real here, um, this is one aspect of dead sec, at least from Marcus's perspective, that I would not support. You know, these guys aren't villains. Um, now, his mocking you know, of dead sick absolutely needs to be right-sized. So I agree with that premise altogether, you know, but bring him into the fold, man. You know, this guy's a, he's an entrepreneur and everything, and, you know, just basically make it so where he works with, uh, what's her name? Make a fucking company out of this, you know, and what's her name? Um, I can't remember the girl. But make a fucking company out of this and make it so where DeadSec actually works with him to actually refine the refine what he's doing, you know, and hell, DeadSec can pull a profit from this and oh I know they're gonna be the evil, you know, corporation. Get the fuck over it. 
you know um, I'm not I'm ta I'm saying take a look at Bloom and you know um, Titus and all these other companies and uh, just you know consider what they're doing you know I'm I'm you know the thing is for me you know not just because you're a company doesn't mean you're evil you know um, in some cases you know sure the owner of Bloom's a, a dick but you know when it comes down to it if you don't learn about these companies and why they're doing what they're doing and stop hating so much and instead start finding a reason you know to provide things that not necessarily that they can compete with you know but just learn from them you know I mean this is one of the oddest things I think about from a historical perspective and everything and it's it's applied directly inside this game too you know, so it's just like history, you know, has a tendency of repeating itself if you don't actually learn from, you know, what's happened historically. And in addition to that, apply your own moral value, moral and ethical values and everything to that as well. You know, and here's a good, for instance, Hitler. What he did is absolutely vile. Don't be Hitler. Plain and simple, right? You know, but there's some, there's some questions to be learned. There's some things to be learned from what he achieved and everything. The rapid acceleration of technology, for instance. You know, the grafting, um, the overall collective um, capabilities. He had to be able to manipulate an entire population and everything to achieve his ends. You know, without questions and everything. He more or less let them like robots and everything. There was a lot of things that he did. Not only that, but uh, if you look at some of the secret programs and everything he worked on, you know, um, and he, he achieved and everything from a, from a mind control perspective and everything, there's something to be taken into consideration, you know, about what he did and why he did what he did. You know, so, sure, the guy's a villain. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm not going to disagree with that. However, you know, this doesn't mean you don't learn from the villains just as much as you learn from the, uh, you know, from, uh, from the antagonists as you do the protagonists. You know, it's important to understand, you know, and learn the lessons from both the failures and the successes and, and those that actually fail and those that actually succeed. You know, and merge those, meld, meld, meld those together. In this case right here, you got a guy that, uh, he's mocking dead sex, clearly. He's making dead sex, he's tainting dead sex image, he's making him appear like shit, you know, in a, in a public way, in a, you know, and here's, here's what it comes down to. How is it you actually harness what he's doing? to your own ends. I mean, it really is kind of that simple. Don't demonize a guy. You know, because in my opinion, what he does is fun. You know, I'm not saying, you know, some of the stuff I'm actually, I actually think is kind of cool and fun myself. You know, so, publicdisgrace.com, go check it out. You know, um, but, you know, besides that, um, I mean, I'm a kinky bastard, you know, when it comes down to it. You know, so seeing something like what this guy does, I'm one of those, the, the public that he would serve. So, here's what I'm trying to say. If you have somebody that mocks you, like the other guy, um, the dweeb, that uh, the ha 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 ha, you know, that fucker just needs to go, you know, check him out, you know, but... You know, the other people, you know, this other guy that's throwing a, a wild rooftop party and he's got a lot of people actually on his side and he's, he's clearly got interest in everything from some very high profile people, you know, and I would be one of them too. <sighs> okay, so get him in line, you know, mock him a little bit, but protect the guy, you know, make it so we're, you know, he's, 
it becomes a part of a part of the answer rather than a part of the uh, a part of the uh, the villains because at this point i mean all i'm saying is nothing but villains in this you know in watchdogs too you know it's all the gangs and the gang warfare and all this shit um all the way to you know i mean the police are treated like uh, enemies um you know, and these big companies, each one of these big companies is treated as enemies as well. I've worked for some big companies, you know. I've rather enjoyed quite a few of them. Not necessarily all of them, but quite a few of them I have enjoyed. You know, so, I mean, I've worked for the U.S. government and everything, too, and the way I look at it is, each one, you know, represents, you know, a whole lot of people and everything, and a whole lot of ideas and concepts and everything, too. I'm not saying become a company. That might be a good idea, though. But not necessarily like a company like other companies. So, in any case, um, one of the cool things about Watch Dogs 2 is I'm actually um, paying attention, you know, to the mindset. You know, the mindset of those that are actually putting down these things and creating, you know, craftiness. It, it is my belief that dead, that uh, Watch Dogs 2 is a recruitment vehicle. It's its intention is to create um, and discover um, hackers. That's my my sincere my sincere belief. You know, is that uh, this thing is created with the goal of trying to actually recruit and find hackers. Now, I can't prove that one way or another. But what I can say is, um, I find it interesting from a standpoint of it's it's definitely. Um, it's got me intrigued about something, so I started going through, and I'm just like, going, okay, I enjoy this world, but, you know, I've made this comment before, the world seems limited in contrast to the size of the distributables, distributables that comes with it, you know, so I keep on wondering, you know, is there more to it, you know, which has me actually wanting to play with the game, you know, a little bit more. You know, and so in this case here, I figured, hey, you know, I'm not leveraging money and everything within the game. Um, you know, does, do I see different behavior? Now, I, th I have another theory about the game, too, and uh, a lot of games like this, that um, this one leverages NVIDIA uh, graphics. It doesn't, uh, doesn't actually go through OpenGL or DirectX or anything like that, which kind of surprised me. Um, it does leverage DirectX for its input devices, for the uh, um, oh, joystick, and also for the, uh, for the mouse and for the keyboard. But um, it doesn't for the graphical type stuff and everything. So it's all directly handled by the uh, by the GPU itself. Well, I'm suspecting that uh, that this game, unlike a lot of other games that are actually handled through DirectX and OpenGL, that uh, it's actually manipulating a very real alternate reality, um, you know, based in San Francisco and everything. And rather than controlling um, polygons and uh, that kind of stuff, I'm controlling a um, a real-life avatar that is being rendered directly from that world and everything. And uh, all I'm doing is I'm receiving imagery updates and that kind of stuff. That's my suspicion right now. And uh, the only polygons that I'm actually receiving are those for the menu, um, those for... Um, Oh, what is it? The uh, the overlays, um, those for the um, points that you can actually hack and that kind of stuff. Um, 
I'm suspecting that everything else is actually existing in a real version of San Francisco and everything, and this real version of San Francisco is what I'm manipulating. And I've seen evidence of this already, too, um, with the the building of it. You know, like, Bloom ended up uh, coming into the the, the, com the game for the first time. I'd never seen it before. Um, there was another one, a marijuana farm, that I'd traveled that street to, you know, quite a few times before. And uh, then all of a sudden, boom, it's there. And it's just like, okay, that's kind of weird. You know, because it's just, um, you know, things that I'm noticing that... You know, the developers, they probably wouldn't notice these things. To them, time would be, you know, consistent, and they'd be sitting there saying, no, it's always been there. No, uh, that's from your perspective. From my perspective, I see time differently. You know, so for me, it's just like I've had to learn that I see time differently, and that's okay. Um, you know, these, it's a problem with working in IT too long, you start seeing glitches. So, in any case, um, so what I'm thinking is, okay, now... In, real, in the real world, I start thinking about real-world equivalents. People treat people with money a lot differently. And uh, there's a general, general sense, you know, that I've noticed that a lot of people actually know um, if somebody has money. <laughs> so this is a, a phenomenon I witness a number of times. Like, Kenna absolutely... Um, absolutely positively pushed and, and was insistent that she knew that I had, you know, millions of dollars in the bank. Well, she was right, but I never told her. You know, I made it a fact to never tell anybody how much money I had in the bank and everything before I had it all seized. You know, so for me, um, I get this weird sense, you know, that uh, even though I may wear some of the th stuff that uh, the, the financials, you know, success that I've had in the past, not now, mind you, but, uh, there's a a signature in, in energy, and that the energy accumulation of wealth um, is is basically something that's recognized by other things, um, and it's it's in part it carries with it a charge, and that charge is attractive to somebody that actually is looking for somebody with money. So I thought, okay. You know, with this theory in mind, let's say, you know, I was able to hack my bank accounts and uh, test it out, and, you know, I don't have any bank, well, I've got one, but uh, it's just uh, not being used. It's got a grand total of zero, zero balance in it. But let's say I was able to hack that account, and uh, I was able to place, you know, basically one com combined with, oh, let's just say, for a purpose of illustration, three, six, um seven zeros behind it, so ten million dollars altogether. You know, so let's say let's say I put that in that bank account and everything. Now, it's my bet, my theory, that if I was to go out and just hang out, that I would be treated differently. That's my theory. <laughs> that people would treat me differently. Now, I noticed this on a much smaller scale before that uh, people notice people that have money, even if they dress the same. People will notice it. Flat out, they'll notice it. They'll pick it up and everything. And the reason why I'm saying this is, uh, you know, there'd be a lot of times I would go out and I would, you know, I actually tested one of my friend's theories, Ron. Um, Ron said he would go to the, uh, to the shopping, uh, or to go car shopping and everything, and he would go on his, you know, shorts and you know, basically ghetto clothes and everything, and he wouldn't get, you know, he would, wouldn't get any attention, 
you know, and uh, me, I tried the same theory one time, and it's just like, people around me like flies on shit. It was really weird, you know, it's just like, why? You know, um, I had women that would date me specifically, you know, because it was just like, it became very obvious that, that they knew something that um, I didn't know was being advertised so readily and everything to them. So anyways, my theory is, you know, if... Um, if the dollar signs in my bank account um, get magnified, that in the real world, um, the direct result would, would see um, that uh, there'd be a special treatment by others around me in ways that, um, ways that I, I, esoteric, unpredictable ways that would become very obvious over a very short period of time. I'm suspecting, you know, within a period of um, as little as two weeks of going out. Um, I mean, I don't go out that much, so let's say I go out over a period of a month, which might be like a grand total of five times altogether. Over that period of month, I guarantee you, my theory is that uh, people would react to me differently because they knew at a, at a subconscious level, through an interlinking um, events of the mind and everything, that I had $10 million in the bank. They would know it. Now, I don't, mind you, you know, keep this in mind. But if, if this was true, I would know immediately, right? So, that's, that's the theory. So, I figured, okay, now let's say this version of San Francisco is real. And let's say this character named Marcus, for all intents and purposes, as a player, he's actually a character player that's actually in, ingrained in this world. And he's potentially like I was before. You know, so let's say I elevate the number of zeros and I, and I place uh, $10 million in his account. In this case, I did $10 billion. Um, that's So that's what the, what the theory was, that I will see changes in the way that people treat Marcus, and not only that, but I also see changes in the world around him, and I've already seen it, literally within two hours of it. Now, the changes are subtle, you know, and you wouldn't pick up on it, but I've noticed that the diversity of conversations already has increased dramatically. And it's oddly dramatic. I mean, the vocabularies increase dramatically. The um, the topics have changed dramatically. So when you're eavesdropping on conversations in the game, and also you're tech listening to text messages and everything, already, just because of that one minor tweak that I ended up doing yesterday, I've already witnessed results and everything. Now, I haven't really played it much since, and I was just about to actually uh, go and uh, just do a little tour. I wanted to run a couple missions and everything and, and see. And uh, this is D DLC, so yes, one could potentially use the argument that, um, you know, that this is DLC that's actually changing it, but I call bullshit on that. You know, the DLC is uh, it, it's self-contained and everything, and why would DLC support my theory, you know, like this? You know, why wouldn't it be cons self-consistent with the rest of the world and everything that's already changed? So, in anyways, um, in any case, um, this um, this this theory, you know, that uh, that I'm running with is that uh, you know it will change in a dramatic way and everything, and it has so far. 
So it's uh, it's been really kind of cool, you know. So, anyways, um, so what I ended up doing was I ended up leveraging a couple tools to achieve this. So first, I ended up taking a look at um, something called memory hacking software, and uh, Spiro is the uh, creator of this, and it's uh, very easy to find on the internet and everything. I've used it to um, alter uh, to do a speed hack for. Um, Cuphead. Cuphead moves at a much too fast rate, and what I ended up doing was I uh, put a speed a speed hack in it that slowed it down, and uh, that way I can actually find the game playable. And you know, unlike a lot of the other people I know, I've actually progressed considerably farther than almost everybody I know in the game because of it. So, and that's just by slowing the game down. Now. The other thing I, um, that uh, the problem with that is, and it's a protected process. Watchdogs is a protected process, and it actually has something called easy anti-cheat installed. And apparently, Spiro is one of the first things it looks for. And uh, as a result of uh, how Spiro works, which is doing something, what I referred to before, is memory injection, everything to be able to uh, to alter the process and everything. Um, not only could I not look at memory that was contained within this process or anything like that, but I couldn't alter anything either. Um, so that kind of put a kibosh on it. So the goal for me was to be able to open up the process in memory as it was running, um, to be able to look at the bytes, and to be able to take the amount um, that I had uh, altogether listed at the top of my of my character screen and everything. And uh, that amount, um, I'll tell you right now, was when I first started, I still have all the values stored here. Um, 60, yeah, I was down to, uh, down to $654,411. So I was down to $654,411, which, which, uh, if you do a conversion on that, a hex conversion, that ends up being 09, um, FC4B. And, uh, so what I ended up doing was, um, tr I was trying to find something that would allow me to open up the process, and, uh, in particular, as an admin, um, which, you know, I mean, I'm an admin on my own system and everything, and, uh, you know, in theory I should be able to debug it and actually go through the process and everything. I, I, I'm not familiar enough with actually debugging an active process other than leveraging PDB files for something I've compiled, and um, that's just about the extent of it, but never, never something like this. So what I ended up doing was I ended up uh, finding, um, at first trying to use Visual Studio. And uh, Visual Studio, um, you can attach to a process, um, but the Visual Studio 2010, at least, had very, very limited capabilities to be able to search and active processes, and it's very, very confusing. So that I ended up um, really just uh, saying, okay, this kind of sucks. So then I ended up finding some dude that uh, discussed, he's actually, it's pretty good with what he does and everything. Um, Hold on, I'll tell you who it was. History. So, reverse engineer with, uh, no, that's not it. Um, Zero Memory is the name of the guy on, uh, on um, YouTube. So, Z-E-R, zero, mem, zero, R-Y. So zero memory is how mnemonically it would be sounded out, but uh, he's got a couple zeros in there instead of O's. And he discusses something called manual DLL injecting. And um, 
I ended up taking a look at that, and also there's another one, uh, C, C++ memory hacking, code cave inject function to a process. And uh, between the two of them, um, he ended up using something called Z... Uh, X64DBG, and uh, what that is is it's a um, it's a memory. Uh, well, it's more or less a a debug tool that uh, is entirely intended for. I mean, it almost seems like this thing was written for reverse engineering. Um, what it does is it uh, loads up a process, it lets you attach to a process that's in memory, and it lets you look at all the threads that are running, it, looks, it lets you look at uh, um, any memory that it's, uh, that it's leveraging, um, it uh, looks, lets you look at all the DLLs that are loaded up, um, where those DLLs are loaded up in memory, um, it lets you... I mean, hold on, I'm going to pull it up. I literally just used this thing for the first time yesterday, and I was very, very impressed with the thing. I thought it was pretty damn cool. So, X64. Uh, shit, I put it in my tools section. So, D tools. Every machine I do, I put a create a tools directory just to make it a little bit easier for me. Um, memory hacking. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? There it is. So I'll uh, I'll I'll tell you real quickly what uh, what some of the capabilities of this thing besides what I just mentioned. So x64 dbj. Um, so you've got the capability to be able to look at the CPU actively. Oh, and that's one of the cooler things. So I'm going to attach to a process right now, and I'm going to attach to. I've actually got the watch dags process running. Oh, but here's a problem. I'm actually not running in admin mode. So I've got to run in admin mode, restart it, run as administrator, x64dbg.exe, launcher, ask me if I want to load the x32dbg or x64dbg, so I say x64dbg, and at that point I go up to file, once it's loaded up, attached, now I see watchdogs in the process list, I hit attach, and at that point, I see um, basically it's a cord, it's a dump of the process itself in memory, and it starts off at 7ffa5ddbe371, and it uh, breaks it down into disassembly. Now, one of the cool things it does, and I, I haven't worked with assembler in years, um, but it actually breaks down the uh, the assembler, and or not the assembler, the the um, uh, the um, Damn, slipping my mind. That's how out of touch I am with these. The process registers, that's what we're talking about. So it actually has the processor registers that are uh, in use, and it has a, a, a stack dump as well, stack trace. And it has a graph, um, a log that you can take of, uh, of what happened when it loaded up the process. Um, here's a cool thing, one of the really cool things with it. You can actually set... Um, you can set breakpoints within anywhere that you want to within the code. So, and you got to remember, it's actually leveraging 64-bit, um, and it's doing a disassembly of it. So, the you're putting a, a breakpoint on the disassembly. But here's where it actually gets pretty handy. So, if you do a search on the CPU, and you can actually um, right-click anywhere in the hex field and say find pattern. Um, 
At that point, that's where I ended up putting the hex pattern for that um, that value that I was telling you about before. So this is 09 FC4B, and at that point, I was able to find a whole bunch of references for this. Well, so here's the trick. Um, at this point, I reinitiate the process. I mean, it's still running and active in memory and everything, so I just tell it to go, and uh, I go and you know, at this point, what it does is it features, it pulls up a a list. And you can actually create that list and have that be a watchable list. So let's say it comes up immediately with a hundred different uh, references for that string. And trust me, for a bigger process, it will come up with this. Um, at that point, once it comes back with that list, uh, you can at that point set set it set that list to be actively watched. And uh, this this Win40 you know, this process thing here keep forgetting the name, um, x64dbg, will actually watch these processes as, as the program's running on a real-time basis and everything. Now, I saw absolutely no latency with the process, so that's actually one of the things that really surprised me was when I had this running and I just basically said, run, um, take off all the breakpoints, uh, I'm going to turn off all the breakpoints here, make sure they're all Turned off, disable software. So now I go back to the watchdogs process. It's still running. Now on a on a live basis, um, I'm gonna think I'm gonna get my character killed here. Yep. I do I spoke too soon. I am having late latency. Uh, um yeah, I was right in the middle of a mission. I had somebody that was right behind me and I just got uh, nailed. Um <laughs> I spoke too soon. The thing's gonna freeze on me. Uh, isn't that inevit inevitable? But uh, so just as I get into it, um, as this thing recovers or not, um, what ends up happening was it'll it'll actually come through and as I'm watching those breakpoints, um, what I'll do is I'll go through and I'll I'll go hack somebody else's phone and it'll, let's say I acquire $43 from them. Well, at that point, that money goes directly into my account and that's actually what I'm interested in doing is finding the locations that instantly add that $43 to that amount. You know, so that's just basically the, the latent area, you know, the where it's actually stored in memory for this information. At this point, I just basically want to change anything that actually references and, and retains that value. So I go through this a couple times, you know, because I want to make sure the first time wasn't a fluke and everything. So I add $43. I'll run a little bit. I'll go and I'll add some more, some more money from somebody else's to the account. And this is what I ended up doing last night. And I narrowed it down to about 12 references starting at a hundred and uh, I ended up going through and the cool thing is you can actually do a blanket value change from the previous value to the next well still you know I you have to take into consideration is the live memory hack so the only thing I'm really worried about is the process itself crack uh, crashing I'm not really concerned about save files uh, screwing up or anything like that I mean I've played this game already quite a bit and everything so I'm not really too worried about that or anything like that and uh, that it, for some reason, choosing to save right at the same time I'm doing is causing a corrupt save file. While that's actually remotely possible, um, I don't believe that it's going to happen. You know, so at this this point, I take a chance. I roll the roll the dice, and at this point, I change all all twelve different values at the same time. And now I've got to test for boundaries. So I know that uh, for a fact that I've got uh, six bytes that I can. Uh, how many one? One, two, three. Um, three bytes that I'm working with. Is it three? Yeah, three bytes. So I know for a fact that I've got uh, three bytes that I'm working with. 
Hold on a second. What the fuck is going on? Task manager, I'm gonna get out of this. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think I may have crashed it all together. <laughs> Isn't that nifty? So, this is when you do a new desktop, open up a separate desktop, bring up Task Manager, pull up Task Manager, and it doesn't do it. It goes straight back to Watch Dogs. Isn't that crafty? Go do it again, Task Manager. Nope, that's not going to work. So, I go into Kill Process, Command Prompt, Task Manager, Task List. So, I have this happen a lot. I, I do a lot of debugging and a lot of playing around with processes and on occasion I'll freeze a process and the problem is I'll freeze it full screen so um, how I found to bypass it is, is go up go and open up a new desktop and bring up task manager in there sometimes it, that won't come up and it'll actually go back to the thing that was frozen full screen so switch back to the desktop open up a command prompt and at that point do a task list locate the task with the process a process ID that you suspect is frozen in this case it's, it's uh, watchdogs2 my process ID is PID 8180140 and at this point I am doing a task kill TSKIL slash PID 8140, forcing it off. And it's been terminated, so if I go back, I should now have my screen back, which I don't. Holy shit. It's a debugger that's actually frozen in. So, task list good in. Let's see where that debugger is. X64. Like I said, I'm just now using it, and guess what? Watch Dogs 2 is still in the process list. So 6196 kill slash PID 6196 boom. It'd help if I actually put a P with the PID. PID slash F has been terminated. Okay, let's see if you're telling me a lie or the truth again. Okay, that worked. Um so there are times like uh, you know when you, when you're working with debugging tools that's always going to happen that kind of stuff. So in any case, um, what I found is uh, Visual Studio works best for um, basically corporate products. I mean, plain and simple. Memory Enhancer is wonderful for games, but um, for a lot of the DirectX games and uh, and things that. Uh, quite literally um, they have an anti-cheat type program in there and they're de they're detecting memory injection that kind of stuff um, the memory hacker enhancer it's memory hacker um, it I found uh, probably for AAA titles and everything especially by Ubisoft or Rockstar or anything like that um, it's it can't touch those programs so I've at this point I just got frustrated and I'm just more interested in basically saying hey why hasn't the mod community um, for um, for watchdogs, watchdogs too, especially? Why hasn't it blossomed? What the hell's going on? I mean, there's literally nothing out there for modders. So I'm just like, oh, you know, I'm gonna take it upon myself to do this. And uh, you know, there's some key things I'm interested in doing, and I'm not interested in modding this thing per se, as I'm interested in just seeing how this thing works. So. 
One of the interesting things about this, in contrast to other video games, because it's written differently, um, DirectX and uh, an OpenGL would claim that they actually write directly to the drivers, but they don't. Um, they actually act as an interference layer between the two. Now, that's the difference between a game like, you know, that's an OpenGL in a, and, you know, other games versus a game like this where it's been written directly for NVIDIA. And it actually says this works best on NVIDIA when the game starts up and everything. Well, it does. You know, and the reason for it is it, it's, it's specifically targeting this and, um, it actually plays altogether differently. It's speedy, it's um, very, you know, just very robust with what it does. But one other thing I've noticed is the Windows message pump works. So if I move my mouse around, Windows catches it. Um, you know, and I'll actually see if I use uh, something called Process By, which is a standard tool that comes with Visual Studio and has since 2005. Process Studio itself, um, or I'm sorry, um, Spy, Windows Spy, will see all the messages for it. Now here's the difference. If I actually pull up um, GTA full screen and uh, I ended up attaching a um, Process or a um, Windows Spy, um, was it a, oh, hold on a second. I'll tell you the precise name. Spy XXX is what it is, uh, Visual Studio. 2010. Yeah, that's Spy++, and they've got a Spy++ for a 32-bit and a Spy++ for 64-bit. The whole purpose of those two programs, uh, one is for 32-bit uh, Windows Bump and the other one's for 64-bit. Now, the whole purpose for those two programs and everything is to be able to um, study a process as it's running, um, look at the Windows structure and, you know, how it actually allocates Microsoft Windows altogether, um, the layers of Windows and everything. Every Windows is a process, and also every window is a um, has a more or less a message pump that actually is attached to it and everything. And that message pump is intended to be handled. And a lot of games and and people that actually create programs don't understand the Windows pump, and as a result, it freezes the fuck out of Windows on occasion. But. Uh, in any case, that Windows message pump itself is something you can actually monitor remotely, and uh, that's something that I can do with Spy, Spy++, and Spy, Spy++ 64. Um, I can actually look at all the messages that are going through, so that message could be something like a mouse move, WM underscore mouse move. It could be WM underscore mouse, mouse L button, uh, mouse uh, R button. Um, it could be WM activate, uh, when a window actually receives uh, control. It could be WM, um, and when I say activate, it's like when you swatch, switch between one window, let's say Notepad versus, uh, you know, having Microsoft Word up, it will always receive an activate message. Um, WM underscore, um, what's another message? Command, which is a, kind of an esoteric uh, catch-all type of message and everything. WM shutdown, when the entire w Windows subsystem is shutting down. WM quit, when an application is expected to quit and, uh, you know, the, it receives this message and it's supposed to handle this message and politely shut down and everything. So all Windows are based on message pumps and everything. And one of the things that OpenGL and DirectX does is it usurps control of that me message pump, and at that point it starts writing directly 
directly to video memory and everything um, by leveraging its own routines and everything. So it completely avoids you know, the Windows message pump. And this is their claim to fame and how they actually claim to make things faster. But it also makes for very impolite code and everything and really fucks things up. Well, what Watch Dogs has done is they've actually written directly to the video drivers and they respect, this is the cool thing, they respect the Windows message pump. You know, they understand that underlying the layer, you know, of graphics and everything, you know, is is still, or a, a system is, is, or actually underlying the, the layer of a game is still the subsystem, you know, that you're actually running on top of. And that's Windows in this case, you know, and uh, they respect that. So I can actually leverage Spy and I can see all the messages, all the mouse moves, all the NC activates, all everything, you know, which to me says this is a good quote unquote quote, multi-threaded program, meaning it's it's a wonderful program that actually puts it, you know, putting it on Windows and everything allows you to be able to leverage Windows, and typically, unless you're going to attach a debugger like I did with this and everything, you're never going to have problems with it freezing the system. Now, attaching a debugger is a different story, and that will create problems all the way across the board because what it's doing is creating a, a synchronization between two processes, which can actually create a block, when that block itself can quite literally collapse an entire system. You know, I was lucky I was able to recover, and sometimes I have to reboot if I, if I had something like that happen. Not uncommon. Um, it's just basically... Basically, sometimes it's a roll of the dice and everything to actually get it to work. So anyways, getting back into the memory thing, what I was talking about was I went through and I ended up pulling $43 and I found those, two lo those 12 locations to actually make changes to memory. At that point, I ended up seeing, boom, and I ended up making those changes and everything. Well, so the cool thing is, you know, my goal was to basically get it to commit while the program was up. And this way, when it actually flushes to the disk and, and does the first save to the disk, boom, at that point it ends up uh, flushing, the, flushing the value that I, that's actually stored in active memory and everything. So once I actually was able to locate the, the points in memory where it was actually contained, and uh, I learned later that it was a yeah, four-byte location, um, once I was able to actually pinpoint that location, um, at that point I can actually go and start making other changes. And uh, the goal was to first find out what the boundaries of that uh, of that type was. So I knew, you know, from personal experience and everything, that I've gotten over a million dollars in this thing, up to two million dollars already. And I knew that uh, that this isn't going to be in something um, less than a uh, four byte value. So, um, so it's probably going to be five byte, five bytes plus, and uh, that's, you know, at, at that point, I mean, that's a pretty obvious thing, you know, with that kind of value. So, two to the eighth, you know, let's do the math on this, is two hundred fifty-six. To the sixteenth, which is two bytes, you know, is what sixty-five thousand five hundred thirty-six. Um, you know, you keep on doing the math and everything. It's four four million something and everything for two to to the to the thirty uh, second, which is next byte boundary. So I knew um, that it's going to be two two to the thirty uh, um, second at the very least. And uh, I was interested in actually seeing how much I can actually put in here. And the goal was to actually see, like I said, you know, the theory is in real life I see a direct result, you know, of me making, uh, of me having money in the bank and everything. Am I going to see, ooh, that was interesting. I haven't seen that before either. Um, am I going to see something different, you know, inside the game? And, um, 
I mean, I'm paying attention to everything and everything, and I'm what I just said now, that's just a hunch, but I'm not 100% sure, so that one I'm going to toss away as a possibility. I'm looking for things that are definitive, you know, such as lengthier conversations by the pedestrians and everything. That one I didn't expect, and it's just like, holy shit, they're actually carrying on whole conversations now and everything. You know, they still got some of the old same conversations, but the conversations are definitely increasing and everything. You know, so what else is going to change in the game? Am I going to see other changes in the game? So that's why I was interested in seeing how high I can get that number to go. So the first change that I ended up making it to, and, and keep in mind that this is all in memory, I'm not having to shut down the process, I'm not having to start start it back up, um, you know, unlike GTA where in order for me to load a, a new asset or new model, I have to physically restart the, whole, the thing the entire fucking time. I'm not interested, that's the whole thing. If I'm actually going to be making changes to a world like this, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, that I'm, you know, not having to... <laughs> do this, you know, on a uh, shut down the process on a real-time basis and everything, all to start it back up again. That's too much a pain in the ass. I like the idea of dynamically changing things. And how this applies to me in real life is, let's say I'm capable, I'm, I start finding myself capable of altering my memories on a dynamic basis in the here and now and everything, which I already can do, you know, but let's say I can take it one step further and actually alter my memories of this moment right here, right now. To some degree, that's a memory, right? You know, so am I capable of doing that on a real-time basis? You know, um, is it a memory? I don't know. I'm not going to go there. I'm interested in focusing on creating, on altering the program and everything here. So. With that said, um, I ended up uh, making further changes, so I bumped up the value to um, 10 million. You know, so I'm just at this point basically saying, okay, you know, I know that there that it appears like this has at least um, you know four bytes in it altogether. Um, I know from personal experience that four billion, you know, is the uh, limit on a. Um, it's a little bit more than four billion, but who, you know, who's counting? Um, is is the limitation? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start bumping this up in in increments, and maybe they placed a hard increment on the uh, on the amount because I want to make sure that they haven't placed a cap on the amount and everything based on um, numbers. You know, so how many numbers are in this in this uh, in a string per se? So, at this point, um, you know, the goal was to just basically increase this by one number. So, instead of having um, seven digits, you know, which is a million dollars, what was it, make sure, yeah, a million dollars, um, I'm going to make it eight digits, and, and uh, it's going to be ten million. I'm going to increase that to nine digits, it's going to be a hundred million, and so on and so forth. So, I kept doing this, and I kept finding that uh, the number kept going up and up and up. Well, then, I ended up um, realizing that there was a hard cap, on the numbers, and that is, hold on a second, um, I've got to count here, so I realize that there's actually a hard cap for what can be displayed, and that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, so I've got 11, so that's 1,000, a million, 10 billion is what can be displayed. However, I can actually carry more than that. So I suspect this is a 64-bit integer. So I just kept bumping it up and bumping up, and I, I think I'm at a, maybe 100 billion or something like that altogether. Um, maybe 60 billion, some, somewhere up there. You know, so 
And, um, yeah, I was just interested. What if I was, like, Bill Gates wealthy in this world and everything, you know, and, um, you know, would people treat me differently inside this world and everything? Would I see different results in this disassociated San Francisco and everything that's, you know, depicting this alternative reality and everything? Would I see a difference? So, anyways, I've made the modification. Um, yes, it did stick. That's the cool thing. So I made mo made modifications to the memory. Um, at that point, it ended up saving it um, when I when I closed the game, and uh, restarted it back up. And boom, it's still preserved and everything. So that worked out pretty sweet. You know, that I was able to make those changes and uh, ended up doing that. Well, the next thing I'm probably going to get into is uh, is you know just basically starting to pay attention to some of the dialogues and that kind of stuff. Um, I don't have any goals yet on what's next with this or anything like that. You know, I'm just going to basically see if something presents itself to me as an idea, you know, that I can actually get more into the memory hacking in a way that's uh, tangible to me. Like I said, I'm brand new to all this memory hacking type stuff and everything, and it's, um, while it's fun, it's also, you know, I'm so, so out of touch with Assembler, and, um, you know, with, uh, between Ida Pro and, um, and this one, X64DBG, this, this X64DBG is so much easier for me to use. It makes so much more sense. You know, it's still something that, uh, it's intimidating just because I don't, um, I haven't worked with Assembler or anything like that in years. So I definitely need a, need a little bit of, uh, I don't know. Um, but one thing I would like to do is actually make it so where, I can actually start doing fun hacks, you know, on people, giving them money rather than taking them taking away. Um, they've got to every every hack uh, target has a uh, a face uh, in a mode, mode icon on the hack target. Once you've done something, you see their face turn from happy or you know just you know, this straight face to angry when you hack them and everything. Well, ha what if I can actually hack them and put money into their account? Can I actually, you know, make them happy? You know, um, you know, here's, it's just like, there's some experiments I want to do that if I can actually hack the game to achieve this, and I've found absolutely no resources, no evidence whatsoever that there's any of these things that are actually innately capable within the game, but if I can actually start figuring out ways to achieve this and everything, potentially through, um, code injection, um, they call it a cave, I think is what they refer to it as, um, within the circle. Now, how I found out about X64DBG is, uh, through this YouTube video, the, uh, Zero Memory. Um, those, uh, how to call game functions, uh, like I said, was one, um, no, that's another guy that wasn't as good. The Zero Memory guy, he was the, uh, the good one, and, um, a little bit, uh, he didn't, didn't speak, he just basically showed what he was doing and everything, and it went very fast, so you have to really pay attention. I still don't get half of what he ended up writing, you know, for code. Uh, ended up, uh, what he did was uh, he did a, created a thread, and uh, he ended up injecting that thread within the process itself, and um, at that point it, uh, he got it to run within the process. And in particular, he targeted calculator, Microsoft Windows calculator, in order to be able to run this. And, um, but uh, I don't know, you know, it's just one of these things that, uh, you know, I'd like to be able to get uh, more skilled with it, but I'm not interested in, in hacking, cracking for the sake of uh, stripping away copy protection. I'm more interested in, you know, trying to actually make it so where I can experiment on this, what it what appears to me to be an alternate reality. You know, to be able to, you know, inject and, and alter things and, you know, help people out. 
You know, I mean, Marcus is so focused on, you know, trying to trying to be there for the good guy, but all he's doing is tearing down people constantly. You know, um, everything he's doing is basically anybody that that actually has a job and everything, he's bound and intent to make sure nobody has a job. You know, that doesn't seem like a good guy to me. You know, so if he's intent on actually doing something, he absolutely needs to be active with uh, distributing the wealth and everything. So, you know, in my quote-unquote fictional reality in the universe, you know, trying to help this dude out, I like the idea of taking some of these hacks. You know, for instance, there's an ATM hack, and, uh, you know, just more or less seeing if I can actually do these things on a little bit more regular basis and maybe target specific individuals and everything for this. Can I actually hack... You know, and the other thing I also want to want to see if I can do is also make it so where the clearing of gangs is permanent and or I can actually have it policed and everything a little bit more so. Um, I'd like to make permanent changes to the landscape and everything and see if that actually makes some um, long-lasting implications on the things that actually appear in this world and everything. You know, so, and here's, you know, here's, for instance, let's say I actually managed to, you know, to eliminate the, um, the eight, eight ball gang, whatever it is, or the Zetejas, or, um, there's a couple other gangs in here, too, um, it, well, let's say I actually managed to, to eliminate one of their areas and everything, well, the areas have a tendency to crop up, you know, like weeds and everything. It's almost like the police force doesn't make any attempt to actually police and eliminate these guys from the area. Well, what if I can actually make changes inside the world, you know, that um, maybe includes, increases police presence or something like that in that area to eliminate gangs on a regular basis? You know, and uh, one of the, a couple of the quote-unquote online missions and everything is to actually eliminate guns, um, el eliminate heroin. Well, you see absolutely no evidence that this is doing anything good to the world and everything. None. Zero. Zilch. I eliminate guns, another stockpile opens up somewhere else. I, you know, I keep doing this over and over again, and it's just like it doesn't make a sure difference in this world. You know, it's my world's a little bit differently, fortunately, but this world here, at least uh, from you know from a digital perspective, doesn't appear like you know the changes that you make are doing any good. You know, boom, you eliminate a heroin supply, it crops up somewhere else. You know, boom, you eliminate um, you know guns in one place, it crops up somewhere else. You know, it's constant and just. Um, you know, the way I look at it is like, okay, you know, it would be cool if you can actually have some kind of dynamic modification or everything that goes on to this, that I might be able to inject um, new behaviors directly into the process itself whenever I run it. And that way the world is changing on a regular basis and everything. Because what I would like to see is, you know, can my changes, in a literal sense, mutate the world? I'm suspecting it does. I've only only seen it through conversation so far, you know, but in the appearance of two buildings that I swore weren't there before. Now, that I can't prove one way or another. Conversations? I mean, for me, I'm certainly witnessing it. So, you know, that's the thing. Am I, you know, can... Can I actually make changes? And and that's the whole thing. I got to get better versed, you know, with this whole um, memory injection type thing. Um, I need I need something, you know. Usually, what I work with in the past, uh, particularly when I'm learning something new like this, I have um, baby steps that I end up taking. 
you know, to try to figure these things out. You know, for instance, when I first uh, was understanding odds at hotel, hotel casinos and that kind of stuff, and basically psychology of the player and everything, I created a VB program that uh, that more or less pitted itself against itself, um, house odds versus my, or house house play style versus my play style, and um, you know, more or less, uh, why is it the the house always tends to win? You know, it's just more or less trying to figure out, you know, why? Why is this going on on a regular basis and everything? And how, as a player, can I increase my odds, particularly against the house, whenever I go to play and everything? Blacktrick was one of my favorite games. You sit at the table, you get drunk, and you hang out, and you talk to people all day, all night long and everything. For me, that was fun. So, you know, that's, that for me is the question. You know, how is it I can actually repeat this performance and do this again and again? So I created a, a program in Visual Basic that played literally 10,000 games plus, you know, that uh, more or less pitted, you know, the odds uh, with different play styles that I would make up and everything. It wasn't until I, I added in psychology to it till I was able to boost my odds up well over 50% and everything and actually uh, did pretty well a couple nights in a row. But, um, you know, so that's actually the question is, you know, what can I do to, you know, that was a learning mechanism for me. It was learning odds, it was learning VB um, more strongly, it was learning game theory in a directly applied manner. Um, it was learning a, diff a lot of different things that I had ne never even read about. I just tried it, and it's just like, hey, let's try, hey, let's put this to practice and everything, and boom! Now all of a sudden, you've got an entire subjects written on it: game theory and, you know, um, odds and you know the whole MIT, you know, thing about the kids and everything that uh, ended up um, going through and playing against uh, the house and everything, leveraging kind of the same, the same utility that I did and everything. You know, so that's actually what I'm trying to figure out is this is how I've programmed in the past. You know, how I've learned what I've learned in the past. I would go through and I would figure, you know, figure out that uh, I would give myself little tasks, you know, whether or not that was, um, you know, creating a little program. Graffiti was one of the pr first uh, shareware programs I made, and it was just a little program that ran as a screensaver. And whenever you um, you have a uh, your screensaver come up, it would allow you to paint your own background and on a real-time basis. When the screensaver come, came up, it would actually repaint the keystrokes based on the time that uh, that you saved it. And so if you drew a drawing, you know, leveraging this and everything over a period of, I don't know, let's say it took you 10 minutes to draw it, well, it would remember every keystroke chronologically and actually replay it in order. And uh, based on the system clock, and at that point, over a period of 10 minutes, it would require recreate your work of art. So that was my first uh, first shareware thing that I in, in, introduced, and that was back in like, oh, I think it was about 94, somewhere in there, 95. And um, that was in Visual Basic. And, you know, for me, the goal was, how is it a screensaver is created? Um, I wanted to understand GDI and uh, graphics and um, and more or less API calls, plus I also wanted to get better with Visual Basic, you know, so for me, it was just like it was an exercise to, you know, challenge to myself, can I, you know, achieve this? I know I can, you know, everything I can do, you know, but how can I achieve this, you know, and the, I had a, the end goal was graffiti, you know, I knew what I wanted for a product and everything, but I didn't know what I wanted. Well, here, the product is, I want a real system where I can actually manipulate San Francisco on a real basis, and potentially any other city that I apply this to. 
You know, I mean, I can actually take this and sell it as a product later if I wanted to, or I could just use it like I'd probably want to use it, more just for my own game. I admit I'm a little selfish, you know, and, you know, here's the thing. That gain would also be helping people out. Like I said, I want to learn, I want to be able to reprogram the memory to be able to put money into people's account. I want to be their, their angel, if you want. You know, if, if you, you know, want to, want to think about it that way. I want to figure out how to actually be a venture capitalist, to be a big player in everything, to invest in things. And do it in a way that I don't expect to pay back on this. I just want to help somebody's ego. Or, because I like their idea, and while I know it may, may potentially fail, I want them to further that idea. Take it further than they did before. So, that's actually what I want, is a real system where I can actually get to the point of actually controlling an entire city, you know, like this, through the software and everything, and eventually get to the point of uh, basically helping people out in ways that make sense to me, and helping myself out in the meantime, too. I, I have to admit, I wouldn't be here in this world participating with others if I didn't have an inspiration or didn't have a desire to be here for myself from an egotistical perspective. That's just me. And I'm fine with that egotism. You know, so that's actually what the end goal is, is to create a little program, you know, like what DeadSec is actually using in his watchdogs and everything to control the systems, but I want to enhance the controls for it. I want to make it more friendly, more fun. I don't want to be blowing shit up. That's just the plain and simple truth. You know, but what things can I do on a real-time basis? Well, that's actually part of the reason I want to actually learn, you know, incrementally what other things I can do. So one of the first things I want to do is, you know, can I actually do other hacks that I can actually directly put money into somebody's account through their cell phone? In the same way I take out money. Rather than, rather than you know, re taking money from them, I invert it and I put money into their account. Maybe I double what's in their account. So maybe that's just the next thing that I figure out is, you know, how is it, uh, how is it somebody's uh, money is taken into their account, and if I actually invert that sign on that, you know, and I have no fucking clue how I'd find that out. But if I just inverted the sign, you know, and instead of having $48 taken from their account when I hit that, that you know, the space bar on my uh, keyboard and everything, instead... It puts 48 more into their account. If they have 714, boom, it doubles that. So, here's a question. Does it make them happy that money has been put into their account? Because <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Is the AI trained to react negatively at all times when somebody manipulates the financials in their account? My suspicion is... No. And I saw a hint of this, too. And one of the hints was in one of the names. And it had a, a weird function name, like a predictive function name that had been put there rather than a person's name. It was in some of the DLC and everything. My suspicion is that uh, there's a little bit more to this game than meets the eye. And uh, I learned about uh, file, mapped, uh, file map systems for the first time. Um, I can't remember the term that they had used and everything. Let's see if I could actually find it here. I looked it up for the first time. But my suspicion is this game's done a little bit differently than most in that they 
it will dynamically react if I actually put money into their account. And it will actually react positively. So if I start doing this on a regular basis, will I see people's attitudes towards me increase? You know, if they don't react to the money and everything, will I actually see the, see the attitudes increase towards me? Will I see them get better about things with me? I don't know. It's kind of interesting. But, uh, yeah, so that's actually a great next goal. How the fuck do I do that, though? How do I put money into somebody's account rather than take it out? I don't even know where I'd... I mean, I know I'd start with the x64 uh, dbg.exe, you know, but... I think I have an idea. I'm going to revisit this. Um, you can actually see what alters memory. Um, but you can see the functional um, call, call stack, if I'm not mistaken. So, anyways, talking out loud on this one. But yeah, that'll be the goal. And all I have to do is just invert the sign on that one. But, here's the thing. Huh, I can still put it in as an injection. And that way it's actually modified dynamically instead. I've got to figure out injections then. So, anyways.